Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Books. I hope all of you are doing well. Today, we're just going to talk about all the social media and, of course, another top 10 list. In this case, it's going to be a top 10 history books. As you know me, music is one of my loves, history is another, coffee is a third, books are a fourth. So I got a lot of interest there. <laughs> Anyway, I just hope all of you are staying safe and doing well. Um, I just want to shout out to the people who've been listening lately. Thank you so much for coming and listening. Um, It was really exciting that uh, we had our first person from uh, Norway listen. Uh, We have over 23 views now, so we're making some progress here. And uh, again, I want to thank all of you for coming out and listening to the podcast, of course. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about some of the social media links and stuff like that. I just want to say that this podcast, Coffee and Books, is available on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, for example, just to name a few. Um, If you want to read my blog, I have blog on WordPress, which is great for if you want to just start your own blog, but in case you're interested... My blog is called I Like Big Books and I Cannot Lie. And you can, like I said, find me on WordPress there. Uh, Okay, so those are that. If you want to email me, please email me at scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16 at yahoo.com. And I want to talk to you guys today about a couple things before we get into our list. Um, Now that we've kind of done our social media wrap-up. Uh, Okay, so I want to say that uh, one way I've been thinking about podcasting is in terms of what it can do for me. So obviously I'm really happy that it's given me something to do during all this, but more or less these are a couple of the things that I like about podcasting. One, there's a huge community out there waiting to be developed, waiting to grow, to learn, to do all that stuff. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I find that Reddit is very helpful. There's a whole podcasting group on reddit it helps you guys out there if you guys also like to podcast and can help bring that to you guys like i can put you in the spotlight which is pretty cool to get listeners to find you Um, i'm trying to as a new reddit user build up enough karma to do that but i would just like to say that's one option Um, so yeah i just find that very useful Um, another thing is that i like to find useful is the advertising um, so obviously I really like Anchor and I think Anchor helps makes it make it as easy as possible to podcast. I've tried other podcasting websites and apps before like Podbean, but I find Anchor to be the smoothest and the easiest for me personally. Uh, so I just think, like I said, with the advertisement I did earlier, as you all know, whenever you listen to my podcast, um, Anchor is pretty awesome and definitely helps you make it easy to make podcasts. Okay, Um, and then one last thing, I just want to say that they also set it up and make it easy to receive payments, you know, like from advertising or if you, you know, have a Patreon, those are all real easy to set up too. Okay, now let's get into the top 10 history list that we have today. Okay, so still almost done with Little Lemon. I'm like, excuse me, still almost done with Little Women. I'm almost done, I'm about 600 pages in. Out of a 770-page book. So I got another one or two days to go before I finish that. That's why I want to bring you guys some content. Okay, so with history, 
there's a wide range of subjects there. So this is going to be just all books that are historical um, that you either have some kind of... Sorry, let me start over there. This is all about books that are historical that are tied to history in some way. They're all true. They all have, uh, like, they're all available at your local libraries. They're all fascinating. They're in no particular order. I just wanted to point out that these are some of the most recent ones that I've read, and they're pretty entertaining, and I'm going to give you the reasons why here. Okay, so we're going to talk about different books. Our first book today is called Cleopatra, A Life. Um, It's by the author Stacey Schiff. Uh, this book is about the crazy life of Cleopatra, who ruled ancient Egypt. Uh, you know, she had a child with Caesar. Uh, she married Mark Anthony, uh, tried to take on the Roman Empire. Just in general, a crazy life, especially for a woman in the ancient world. Uh, definitely one of the top leaders of all time. Definitely just something that blows my mind every time I read it. Like, how could this person even exists, let alone take on the mighty Roman Empire. So it's pretty cool. Um, You learn about her whole life. Um, Obviously, we don't know everything about her, but this book does a great job of explaining what we do know. It was a bestseller a long time ago. You should be able to find it pretty easily at your local bookstore. And so I just wanted to say that there were quite a few scenes in it that I liked. Um, You know, when she rolls up in a carpet to meet Caesar... Uh, you know, like the death of Cleopatra is pretty dramatic, so it makes a good story. Okay, our next one, and this is a personal favorite of mine, is called In the Garden of Beasts, Love and Terror and an American Family in Hitler's Berlin by the author Eric Larson. Eric Larson is one of my favorite authors of all time. Eric Larson is one of the best because he takes an unbelievable amount of detail and puts it into a book. Everything in this book is accurate, from the conversations that take place to the little details of everything, where the family lives, what they're doing, why they're there, all that. There's not a single piece of information in this book that you can argue is fiction. And that's insane. How did he put all this together? Well, he talks about his writing process, but Eric Larson is just a very good author because he compiles sources of material for years and then comes out with a book in fact his latest book just came out this year and his last book came out about five years ago to give you a reference so five years to compile the next chapter of books you know like it's pretty insane like for most authors a lot of authors you know like to come out with a book every single year just take a look at you know james patterson he's got a book every couple months so it depends on the author but one reason what I like about Eric Larson is he takes the time to get it right. So, In the Garden of the Beast is one of my favorite books because it deals with the topic of World War II. And actually, pre-World War II, it has to deal with an American diplomat whose job it is to prevent Nazi Germany from going to war against the U.S. And while he's there, his family is witnessing firsthand the horrors of Nazi Germany. Um, and so, this just has everything. It has... Uh, romance, it has spies, it has thrilling action, it has history, it has everything you could possibly want, and the fact that it's true makes it even better. So definitely one of my top ones, check it out. Okay, this one is a more recent one, it's called How to Hide an Empire, A History of the Greater United States by Daniel M. Moore. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but that's how I believe you spell it, I-M-M-E-R-W-A-H-R. Okay, so, why this book? Well, 
There's a lot I didn't know about the United States history, believe it or not. Even though I'm a U.S. citizen and I've spent my whole life here, the greater history of the United States being the outlying islands, the Philippines uh, being one example, uh, Costa Rica, American Samoa, um, different places, the U.S. Virgin Islands, um, these are all places that I didn't know about. And their relation to the U.S. history is unbelievable. And the fact that they don't bring it up in school is a travesty. And you should definitely learn about this and read this book. Uh, so for starters, if you're a U.S. citizen, definitely recommend it. Uh, for those of you who want to understand why empire, why is it used in that sense, you'll have to read the book. But to basically summarize it, um, everything from the way we are today uh, goes through back of hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years of history from when we were, you know, kingdoms to, you know, eventually colonial empires and to eventually the information age today. So everything kind of relates. The U.S. It came in a time period before the information age, but after the Industrial Revolution. So we had those processes of obtaining islands for power, just like all the other colonial powers did. But it was the U.S. that kind of took it to a new level. Um, in fact, uh, I think the crazy statistics were, if you look at all the U.S. military bases in the world, there's a crazy amount of them. So, anyway, uh, that's always an interesting one. And definitely recommend that book, because it's recent and has a lot of updated history, too. Okay, next book. Number four, Say Nothing, A True Story of Murder and Mayhem in Northern Ireland by Patrick Radden Keefe. Okay, so for those of you who don't know about the Troubles, the title pretty much says it all. Uh, it is a time period in you know Irish and the United Kingdom's history uh, that is disturbing to say the least. Something that's not really talked about, and that's what makes it so fascinating to me. It's sort of like a taboo subject, but I want to know more. And I've always, you know, like said, you know, if, if I don't hear about it, I want to know more about it. And this is one of those stories where it's like, I can't believe this is crazy and this is true. And it's based on real witness testimony and people talking about the dark side of, you know, what happened on both sides. You know, the, you know, the, the, mor uh, the murders of, you know, people, innocent people in Northern Ireland. And of course, in that time period, the 70s, the 80s, it's just... You know, it's a continuation of a process that has been going on for hundreds of years for Ireland. So it's, it's very just historical and fascinating. And if you want to understand, uh, you know, Irish history better and United Kingdom's history better, this is definitely a book that will give you an eye-opening history and account personally from people who lived it. Um, and, you know, especially because I find living in another country very difficult to picture, this is one of the ways, you know, I could never picture something like this happening in the U.S. That's what makes it so, you know, important to, to learn about. Okay, next book. Book number five, The Crusades, An Authoritative History of the War of the Holy Land by Thomas Esbridge. You know what's not mentioned a lot as a world war is the Crusades and the fact that, you know, pretty much the entire known world was fighting, you know, Christians versus Muslims, the... Holy Wars were definitely some of the craziest battles and time periods in history. Uh, it's something we can only even begin to imagine today. So I don't know why those aren't talked of as world wars, but rather a whole separate thing, which is the Holy Crusades. There were a lot of them. Uh, they were all very different and all very historical. This book covers all of them. 
um, and talks about why they happened, where they were, why certain countries followed what the Pope said, or why certain, you know, Christian countries were attacking, it, you know, the Islamic held Holy Land and vice versa, and why all that happened. And, of course, uh, this is a definitive book if you don't know any Crusades history. I, myself, did not know a lot of Crusade history, uh, specifically, specifically because that was just kind of like a blink in my uh, general knowledge, other than just knowing basics. So it definitely felt like I learned a lot by reading this book, and I think you guys will too. Okay, book number six, SPQR, A History of Ancient Rome by Mary Beard. Okay, for those of you who don't know, Mary Beard is one of the best authors of uh, Roman history of all time and ancient history of all time. Um, she is a wonderful author who basically takes something that I think is not very common and brings you through the whole history of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is written about a lot, so it's hard to justify and say that it's not written about in every period of history, but she does a fantastic job of opening with, you know, the ancient kings and how that turned into the Republic and how that became the Empire. And it's not common knowledge, I think. You know, we know about Caesar, but did you know about the people that came before him or how the Roman Republic really developed? And she takes you through all of that. And as someone who went to Italy after reading that book, I felt like it really helped me understand the Roman history better. Oh yeah, by the way, the Roman Empire lasted thousands of years after that. So, you know, it's pretty hard to fit all that history in one book, but she does a very good job, and that's why I think you'll appreciate it, especially if you're interested in ancient history of Rome. Okay, number seven, Napoleon, A Life by Andrew Roberts. So in the United States, I want to stress that we think of France in a few different ways, uh, giving us the Statue of Liberty, helping us with our independence, and during World War II. But we obviously know that France, you know, aka Napoleon, sold the Louisiana Purchase to the U.S., which was one of the largest purchases of land in United States history. Uh, but more importantly, we're taught it from the U.S. perspective, you know, what that, why we did it here. But what we're not taught is, why did Napoleon sell it in the first place? And I think it's important to know that his whole entire life, uh, starting from the very beginning off a little tiny island and how he became, you know, the basically a dictator and how he came away, you know, being the first of his name. You know, the, when you think Napoleon, you think of a guy who fought in some serious wars. And he did. And uh, he left his mark, and, uh, you know, it's hard to think of, for me, as France as being this mighty empire. But at that time, in the 1800s, France was one of the mightiest empires in the world, especially after they de deposed their kings and queens. So it's hard to imagine, but Napoleon went from, you know, just some general, you know, and an army, you know, to being a commander of the entire nation. But really, he started out as a small soldier who worked his way up, and this is his story. And also, it's just fascinating to learn about. I want to read, you know, more about his, his grandson, Napoleon III, who also became, you know, emperor. Something that, you know, you can talk about later, of course. But, you know, his, I want to know more about his bloodline. What happened to his family? Why didn't, you know, the French Republic last? So anyway, all such is interesting and definitely recommend learning about older history of France before you do that, you know, specifically learning about why the king and queen of France were deposed, you know, before we go into Napoleon. Okay, 
Book number eight. Grant by Ron Chanel. Or Chanel. Sorry, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. So you have to bear with me here. Okay. As someone who lives in the southern part of the United States, I've always been interested in how the Civil War has been taught, especially across the country here. Uh, but the American Civil War is a must uh, must learn about event in American history. You know, it ended slavery. It ended and did a lot in the U.S. Uh, Grant was one of the contributing forces in that factor. You know, without Grant, there would not be a Union victory which preserved everything the way we have it today. But Grant is perhaps, you know, or Ulysses Grant is perhaps one of the greatest men, you know, you learn about in history. You know, he was he was fascinating, you know, how he went from being described as a drunk to being leader in the Union forces and leading his forces to victory and smashing the Confederacy apart. And uh, then it propels him into the presidency and how he dealt with presidential issues and what his life was like after that. So this book, again, is large, covers an insane amount of ground, especially if you like learning about uh, history. This is going to be a good book if you know nothing about Grant. So I hope you check it out. I liked it a lot. I'm going to read more of this you know, author's works in the future. Book number nine, Leonardo da Vinci by Walter Isaacson. Okay, so very few people in history can get me interested in art, but uh, Leonardo da Vinci is one of those people. And in fact, this author does a fantastic job of detailing history of Leonardo da Vinci as a person, as a writer, um, you know, like what his contributions to science and art and mathematics were. Um, Leonardo da Vinci was just an all-around fascinating person, and to make me care about a subject I know very little about is a great talent. So definitely recommend it, especially if you don't know a lot about Leonardo da Vinci and his masterpieces. Highly recommend checking those out. Okay, and last but not least, we have book number 10, Elizabeth the Queen, The Life of a Modern Monarch by Sally Bedell Smith. So as I've ranted and raved, as you all know, the UK is pretty much one of my favorite places on the planet. I've wanted to move there ever since I was a kid. I've wanted to stay in a castle. I've wanted to do so much in life there, but I've also wanted to travel and see the world, and I want to see all of it, not just there, but everything. Okay, but the reason why the king and queens of England stand out to me is because they're one of the most recognizable monarchs that are left in society today. They're just interesting. They're interesting people. Uh, For instance, learning about their history, I didn't know that they were quite German and had to change their names to the Windsors to avoid trouble during World War I. Of course, you know, who would have ever predicted everything that has happened in the past two centuries, you know, with the United Kingdom and where it is today? So while I feel like the United Kingdom in particular has a, needs its own separate books, the Queen in her own right deserves a book. And this is that book. This book pretty much details her entire life from a child, what it was like to grow up in a royal household, what was expected of her, to how she dealt with crises, how she helped other children during World War II, how she went and served in the armed forces, how she became one of the youngest, you know, reigning monarchs ever, how she married, uh, you know, where she went and, you know, who she had kids, and, you know, like, all that stuff adds up and just makes it for a fantastic read because a lot of this stuff I just, as an American, I was not familiar with. I think a lot of people in the UK always wonder and say to me, you're like, why do you have such a fascination, you know, with our royal monarchs? It's because we 
we didn't choose that. We chose to get away from that. That's the whole reason why we're in the United States. But it still has a draw to it, you know, because we don't know what it's like. And that's probably why it's still so fascinating to us today. And I mean, every time a royal marries or has a kid or does anything interesting, heck, you know, even the recent news of Harry and Meghan Markle, you know, leaving, you know, all that stuff, you know, fascinates the Americans to, you know, craziness. You know, people will stay up and watch it, you know, late at night. But anyway, now I'm just rambling. So to sum up, history, really good. Love history books. Again, if you like this podcast, please like and share. Please tell a friend. Uh, please tell me where you're from. Um, like I said, check out the WordPress blog. You know, I like big books and I cannot lie. If you like that, you also like, you know, telling more people about it. Check out the books. Um, you know, that's always important. And, uh, you know, be sure to tell me what you think. Okay, this is Scott signing off. Bye.